0: You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope everyone is well. I just want to take a second And thank you all again for the overwhelmingly positive response to our first annual Feisty Menopause Summit. We had more than 450 women from 27 countries. Seriously. I was sitting in one session and there was a woman from Egypt, another one from Austria, and another from Australia in the same session. The energy and the passion you all shared made all the work. And man, putting on a summit is some work. So, so, so worth it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who may have missed it and are still interested, we are making the replays available for purchase until the end of the year. And to be clear, if you buy them today or tomorrow, they will be available for you to watch until December 31st. You can go to feistymenopause.com if you're interested. Okay, so this week, I have a wonderful guest, Mari Holden. Mari is an accomplished professional cyclist. She won a silver medal in the 2000 Olympic Games and the World Time Trial Championship later that year. She is also the first American woman to win three consecutive U.S. Time Trial Championships from 1998 to 2000. Now, after turning 50 this year, Mari is working to rewrite what aging looks like. She was part of a Scuderia film called Just Getting Started, where she dives into why this is such a great stage of life and what excites her most. She also works with younger women and kids these days, helping get them on bikes and increase their confidence. What I love about this conversation is that everything Mari talks about in that Just Getting Started video is not just some marketing speech that her sponsors cooked up. That's coming from Mari's heart. After years, heck, decades of chasing podiums and medals and trophies, Mari really took the time to step back and figure out what she really wants to do next. What motivates her? Heck, what would just be fun? And though most of us are not Olympians, I know that many of you can relate. It's one of the topics that comes up again and again and again. Women feel like they've just kind of lost their way. They've lost mojo. Maybe you were a marathoner most of your adult life, and now that spark just isn't quite there. But that's your identity that you've poured so much of yourself in, and it can feel like you're nearing the end. But women like Mari, and honestly, myself, invite you to reframe that. Maybe you're just getting started on something new. What could that be? What would be exciting, challenging, fresh? We dive into all that and more. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Before we get to it, quick weekly reminder that you can join us on our social media channels. We are at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have a private and ever-growing hit play not pause Facebook channel, where you can come in and join all of our conversations. And if you want a deep dive into all things, active menopausal living, we've got the feisty menopause membership where we offer in-depth materials, expert webinars, and sponsor discounts. You can learn about all that as well as those uh, summit replays at feistymenopause.com. Thank you as always for the kind messages, the five-star ratings, the great reviews, the hearts, It all means the world to me, and it keeps our show growing. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a quick word about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out of whack lipids and was borderline anemic yeah all while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great turns out all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll how did I find out inside tracker inside tracker is a service that analyzes your blood DNA lifestyle and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized science-based trackable action plan on how to live age and perform better Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. So go to insidetracker.com slash menopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's insidetracker.com slash menopause. I can tell you, it works. you know, you won your Olympic and national championships when you were in your late 20s, early 30s, right? Like that's about what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And your situation is a little different because you didn't necessarily retire because you felt you had done all you wanted to do, right? You had the iliac artery thing. um, And, you know, even in the film that we'll talk about in a bit, you said you just couldn't take it anymore. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Like, did you did you have that assessed? Did you look at surgery? Did you have surgery? I don't actually know that piece.
1: Yeah, no, I did have surgery. And I had the. I first felt it and actually like 99, I felt the first twinges of it, you know, and then but not really knowing what it was. And then after the after I got my medal and world championship in 2000. Um, I started feeling it more but not all the time you know it would just come on once in a while and it was only under super high intensity and when i went in to get it checked out all the symptoms sounded like it was an iliac artery problem but they couldn't see it so and And they couldn't see the impingement like what were you feeling right it was it's more like a thickening and they were you know they couldn't um you know i couldn't get it to replicate in the office at that point and so um I decided that it wasn't, I mean, we could have gone in and, and fixed it thinking that it was that, but not necessarily realized, not knowing for sure. And I thought it was too big of a surgery to do. And I felt like, you know, I'd already achieved what I wanted to achieve basically. And I, so I balanced it out and thought, you know what, it's not, I don't want to go in and have surgery right now. And then, but then over the next couple of years, it slowly progressed and that it's a what hard, what does it feel like? it feels like your leg is going numb. Um, you know, and it was, it, and that's why it's hard because it's not like it's a pain necessarily. It's more like a tightening, but then you have to, and once you stop going hard, it, you know, it, the blood flow starts coming back and then you can ride again, but. but it first, must
0: impede your power.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, your yeah. leg, basically you can't use your leg. And so it, you know, so basically if I could ease into an effort, like a, threshold kind of thing. I was okay because I wasn't trying to force a lot of blood through there all at once. But, it, and if I kind of eased into it, then it would, it would be able to do it. But It was when I would try and accelerate super fast or like have to like start a steep climb. And then all of a sudden you're going, mm-hmm. it would fill. And then I'd have to just, I'd have to wait. And, and <laughs> I'll it, see,
0: I'll it, be there in a minute, guys. Can you, I know,
1: I'm sorry, the rest <laughs> is gone. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it's a really horrible thing. Just a that second. That it plays, it plays on your mind, you know, because being an athlete, you're always thinking that you're doing something wrong, or, or you're trying to justify a pain or something, you know, and when it's not a pain, like a broken bone, or, you know, an injury like that. And it's just something different that your body's doing that almost feels like lactic acid, you know, like, it almost feels like you're just filling up with lactic acid, you, you, I don't know, you mentally kind of will it away that it's not, you know, that it's more you and it's not your body. And so, you know, I spent a few years dealing with that. And then all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, but I went in finally, when it was happening, almost every time I was racing, I went in and and then they finally could see it and diagnosed it and had the surgery in 2000, uh, 2004. And then, you know, it fixed it. (laughs) I mean, it was like, I had both legs again. And I, I kept racing a little bit longer than that a couple years, just to kind of prove to myself that I could do it. But by that point, I was just kind of mentally over the mentally over it. And I think that's what I meant is that, you know, when you're at the high of your career, you think it's going to last a long time and that you have more time than you do. And then um, when you're faced with, you know, dealing with issues like that for so long, you just feel like you've been beating yourself up for so long that I just, I just didn't have the energy to keep doing it, but I didn't end on the way I would have liked. Like I would have loved to, in hindsight, just walked away when I knew or had the surgery right when I felt it, you know, and then fixed it. But, you know, those are all in hindsight. So you know, and, and the thing is, is that it lasted a long time. Um, you know, my surgery, I had a great surgeon, and it fixed my problem. Um, so, you know, and at that point, it was also one of those things where I just decided that it wouldn't matter if it was for racing or for just like my life in general, because I love being athletic. And, you know, if I can't go trail running or riding my bike, it's gonna the surgery was worth it for more reasons than just like sport. And so it was a quality right. of life thing at that point. And, um, so I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it.
0: So, so then what, like, there's a period of time, like maybe seven or eight years that you didn't sort of engage in the sport in, in a forward facing way. I mean, I'm I assuming you were riding your bike, but.
1: I, yeah maybe yeah. you weren't I
0: don't really know like you know I was what, riding what, my what, bike what a lot lost fact, years. okay
1: <laughs> I was probably riding my bike just as much <laughs> as when I was you know racing because uh, I think as a professional athlete, you get in that mode of, this is my life. This is what I do. I wake up, I go ride my bike. That's what I
0: did. I rode my bike this morning. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I rode a lot and I just did, but I did a lot of miles with no real quality in the sense of, of like, I would do group rides here and there, but I wouldn't like be doing any kind of, you know, structured intervals or anything like that. It was more just, um, being out there because that's what I do, <laughs> and you know, and I think you have a ton of residual fitness for years, you know, and that it carried me through. I I feel like I was really fast for several years after I finished, and you know, you take that for granted too, as <laughs> you age. <made. laughs>
0: so but, yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was you know, I mean, I love riding my bike, and at that point, it was just riding for fun, and I really wanted nothing to do with. Bike racing, in the sense of I, I was over it, and I mean I stayed involved. Uh, Worked, did working with medalists, so at the Tour of California, all the men's races. I was doing their kind of VIP driving and stuff like that, which was fun because I do love bike racing. I just didn't want to be like feeling any kind of pressure about it.
0: Totally, totally. <laughs> so, um, so you've been an incredible ambassador in the sport, like you know, since, the, like, since retire- your official retirement all the way through. Um, I would love to dig into, like, did did you have any, you know, some people, like, post that sort of, like, did you hit a point where you weren't as fast, you know, you could have sort of alluded to that as you used to be, and was there any any time ever crisis of identity? You know, did you ever have, like, sort of that motivation, passion crisis going, like, who, what does this mean to me who I am I now you know what you know what I mean
1: I don't know that I've had like an identity crisis about like my fitness level I think I took for granted my fitness level and I you know I didn't want to see any data and maybe that's something that you know ties into that that subconsciously I really didn't want to be comparing myself to the self of before you know so I took off like I mean I've been using a power meter since '94. I mean I think I was one of the first people using an SRM in the in the US. And that's I, really early. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I mean you know I um, I took everything off my bike. I didn't want any data, and I just wanted to ride. And I think that was probably my way of not having to compare myself to. What I had been before, and now I laugh about it somewhat because I did put this last year when I started riding the gravel bike. I did put a power meter back on just for my own information about what's going on, and also because I, you know, want to see where I am and like how to, you know, <laughs> the GPS part of it all. So <laughs> I don't want important when you're on the gravel bike. <laughs> so I, uh, so I now have been able to see power again and. You know, now it doesn't bother me so much, but and also on Zwift because I'm on like on Zwift all the time too. So I see it virtually like right there in front of my face all the time. And you know, I like it's funny when I think about what I used to be able to do compared to now. And you know, it's there's obviously no comparison, but it it but it doesn't bother me so much now. It's you know, I realize that I'm still good it's not like I'm a bad cyclist or anything like that and I I'm still fast and my numbers are still good it's just that when you go from like having the best numbers in the you know in the world to you know being Mm -hmm. you know good is a very different thing but I think to myself well you know it it has been 20 years (laughs) so so I'm not doing too badly (laughs)
0: So, so as you know, like this, this show talks a whole lot about, you know, the, the sort of hormonal journey we all take through our forties, you know, into fifties. And I'm curious if any of that has played, you know, if you've had to deal with any of those issues, whether it be body composition changes or, you know, any of the symptoms that can come when our ovaries start checking out, you know, like, yeah, you know, I
1: mean, I'd say my forties were relatively. (laughs) pain-free. I didn't have to deal with, with much. I, I have regular periods. I still do have regular periods, but I, um, but I definitely coming into my fifties now, I'd say late 49 into my early 50. um, I'm starting to realize that my body is changing and I, uh, I, my muscle mass for sure is, is changing. And I, I feel like it's much more difficult for me to keep off weight now than before. And I I never, I mean, I was always paying attention to my weight. Like I've always been a little bit, probably on the too obsessed side of worrying about weight. You're a
0: professional cyclist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I, but I never thought I was crazy about it or anything. Um, I never was changing my whole eating patterns. Like I'm going to, completely gluten-free, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I was always just very, um, I try to eat just healthy across the board and just pretty average eater, I would say. Um, but now I feel like I need to start paying attention more to to my diet just because I am, it is, I am starting to change and it does like, you know, bother me a little bit, <laughs> you know, I, and so I, I'm, I'm definitely paying attention to it and working harder on it. Um, I feel like now is much more important, and I always heard that it was important the, to continue the weight training, and uh, and that that would really help. But I never did that much. I mean, I did you know body weight kind of stuff, like I, right. I call them boot camps, where I would go for a run and just stop and do you know push-ups or dips or whatever, um, which I love doing, um, but. Now I'm going to start doing more routine on the gym work. because Like I actually like, gym work. Yeah. I just ordered myself a tonal so
0: that I could. Oh, I was just <laughs> out there. I was just, um, I, I'm only lighting up because Tuesday I was in New York City for uh-huh. um, their debut in the city. They have a showroom uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I'm uh, Dr. Stacey Sims uh, uh-huh. is on yeah, their part. scientific advisory board. Uh-huh. For those who don't know this tangent that we just took, tonals are- <laughs> because all of a sudden we're just going to go down this rabbit hole and people are going to be like, what are they talking about? (laughs) Tonals are a digital weight system. It's very slim system that hangs on the wall. And I don't know how the magic works behind the screen, but it has like pulleys that, that adjust the weight automatically to your needs um, is the best way to put it. And it's a really, really fascinating system. I found the whole thing fascinating. Um, It's amazing.
1: And I, I had been debating about it for the last year because my partner had one before and you know I've been waiting and waiting. And I said, no, you know what, I'm going for it. So I it's actually being installed on Tuesday. Oh cool. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah. And you know, I work with a few women too. So one of the things that I want I think is really interesting about and that I'm excited to test out with it is the way that you can set up your workout. So, so say I set up a program, they could do it also. Yes. You know, and so I think there's a lot of capabilities with Tonal that, you know, being in the, you know, area of working with other women and athletes is that you could use that with them. And it's a way to work out at home, along with Zwift, I use all the time, too. So those two things, I feel like are a great combination to keep you in good enough shape to be able to go out on the weekends and have a great time. And that's kind of where I'm at, (laughs) like, totally do what you you need to do in the time you have during the week, you know, and then, then you'll be fit enough to enjoy, you know, if you want to go to a grand Fondo or a gravel ride or something like that, it'll be fun instead of, you know, just exercise in misery. (laughs) Totally, totally,
0: And that's so important. I I don't think you can under like overstate how important that is, right? Like, because you want to enjoy the things you're doing. Like, it's not about like, chasing podium spots or or something but you still want to like being fit is still fun like it's more fun to go into a thing when you're fit 100 i
1: mean if you can go out there and feel good while you're doing it then there's nothing better and I, i feel like these gravel events and stuff are so cool and they're in such great places that you know i would never see some of those things without you know being on a gravel bike with an event because i just don't have it in me to find those kinds of routes and, you know, go out there and feel safe all by myself out there. But to be able to go out and explore like that is, is really cool. But you want to be in good enough shape to be able to get through it without feeling miserable. And- Cause it's
0: harder than the road. It's hard to explain that to people. Like yeah. I, I bring a lot of people into the sport and like, I feel sometimes like I don't tell them enough that it's going to be hard, <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's yeah. really fun, but like, it, you're, you're working harder because of the terrain, you know, like it's just inherently harder. And I think that you need more strength, you know, you need more muscle endurance, you need more stability, like all of it. On. But I think
1: that's life. also what makes it great. And I think that's what makes it great for women as we age is that it is using your whole body more, you know, and like when I get done with a gravel ride or something, I can definitely feel it in all my muscles and and that's a that's a great feeling because on the road and I love road obviously but I you know it's all about like having a relaxed upper body and no not using it and stuff but whereas like on the gravel bike or mountain bike you're really using your whole body and that's a really that's a great thing for as we age you know
0: yeah yeah oh 100 yeah
1: and
0: and speaking of I I I feel like I want to dive into like where you are and what you're doing Now, like what brought you to Whistler to do some downhill sessions?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, so my friend has a house here and I'm I'm visiting him up here in Whistler and loves downhill. And I thought, you know what? Downhill is just something I never imagined myself doing ever. (laughs) And um, have you mountain
0: biked? Were you a mountain biker at all?
1: No. (laughs) I mean, I just (laughs) thought. I had a mountain bike maybe up until 2000, but my mountain bike was more like my gravel bike now. One hundred
0: percent. Oh my god, twenty six inch skinny tires I know. and cantilever it's so brakes. Different. I don't even know. Yeah. And
1: so I, I started. I got. um, I went to the mountain bike park in Jackson. Like uh, I don't know, maybe a month or a month and a half ago and had a blast like it was so much fun and I couldn't believe how capable the bikes are it's just it's unbelievable and so then that got me like okay so then I ordered a mountain bike and now I'm in um now I'm in Whistler at the mountain bike park and I got I have an instructor so I I've been doing like every day here and yesterday I did my first black, rent, but I've been like working on your first one black- Black runs. I so you're to
0: jumping, hucking, jump like <laughs>
1: I can jump and everything. I mean, it's the cool. It's so awesome, and I would have That's never awesome. in my life guessed that I, would be I doing love that. that. But I it's love like, that. and you know, the thing is, is I always thought it was kind of crazy before. Like you had to have this like craziness that I just don't have, like through.
0: adrenaline junkie sort of. Yeah, crazy and
1: because I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but I do love technical stuff, and I love balance and how your bike works. And, and I also feel like one of the things I missed when I retired was feeling that flow that you get in focus. And so when I used to race, I could, I was really focused and I, that is something that I missed that I didn't realize I was missing. But when I did, this is going to sound so crazy, but like what I feel in the downhill is that I get into that totally focused state that I've missed. And it's in something that I'm totally not a downhiller, but, you know, I'm so focused on what I'm doing and learning. And it's just, it doesn't feel out of control or crazy. It feels like I'm able to make decisions and focus. And, and I didn't know how much I missed it until I, got on a downhill
0: bike. <laughs> None and of that sounds crazy. All. All. I I I am not a downhill. I was a cross country racer forever and stayed no, I know. At, Yeah. Um, but I that flow and focus is something that is what drew me to all that mountain biking because you have to be so present in it. And yeah. it's the only time my mind is that present. Or I'm going over my bars, you know, like I have to. And yeah. I just, when you hit that really magical flow, there is nothing, nothing like it. It's, no, it's just, I, it, it's elation. I mean, it's just like such an amazing feeling. It
1: really is. And I feel yeah. like a kid that I like never realized. And I always thought downhillers were just crazy and I had nothing in common with them. But like, <laughs> and you're not pedaling, but your heart rate is 185 or whatever it is. It's just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. And I, I just really love it. And I, um I never, I'll never try and race a downhill bike or anything like that. It's all just for me. And it's all just to feel that kind of attention, not attention, that kind of focus. And I, you know, on the road, you only get that if you're racing at a really high level and you have to be tuned into everything that's happening around you and taking it all. Whereas like on the downhill bike, you can, you get it just when you get off the chairlift and start going down, the, down the hill and it's freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I have actually been wanting to do that because, you know, as a cross country person, I am not super Sandy. I mean, I can do little things, but I, uh-huh. but like, I feel like with that background, just a couple of lessons would be would help me astronomically. You know, like on. I'll this, hook you up with course. a great
1: guy here because he is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: would love that actually. I just, yeah, I actually I mean, would.
1: I I was shocked at just like how one little tip could all of a sudden shift like how the whole move felt, and I was like, oh my god! But I think you know at the same time. I have a, and obviously not anything like your background because you are way better about bigger than I ever could have imagined me. But like my, you know, just from understanding how your body works on a road bike and like your balance and all those things, I, I feel like it's, you're already at a higher starting point. So it's, you pretty much understand your body and how to move it in a certain ways. So you can put the tip into action pretty quickly. You know, it's not like it takes time, it kind of tries to understand what he's trying to say. Totally.
0: I think sometimes when people first come into the sport and I see this on gravel, just because there are so many people coming into gravel that they're, they are, they're initially sort of passengers instead of pilots on Mm -hmm. their bike. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't understand that, that there's a lot you can do to be a, a pilot of your bike, like, like with your body weight and where you put the, you know, and how you use your body weight. And how you flatten your feet and move, you know, I mean, there's so much that, that goes on, the input that you put into the bike, that yeah. if somebody shows you that, it goes an awful long way for
1: Well, and it's your little tips, I mean, and I forget that, you know, if you haven't been on a bike your whole life, those things just aren't natural, you know, totally. so... But if you're riding with a person, you can see pretty quickly, oh, hey, you need to go in your drops. Like, you know, you are going to feel a lot better right now if you're in your drops. I mean, just little things, you know, because they think they're feeling safer, more upright, but they're not really, you know, I mean. We just just had
0: a session last night where we were talking about that. Um, Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. um, It was a Girls Gone Gravel. You were on Girls Gone Gravel. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was, it was theirs and I was Casey Armstrong's on it. And we were talking exactly about that, that a lot of people just are just so nervous because as soon as you get in those drops, you hurt, you speed up as well. And that like, if you're already nervous and now you get in your drops and you start going faster, it can be a little alarming, you know, but like you're so much more in control. So yeah, it's uh, all those things.
1: I, yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I have a pronouncement to make. I am wiggling my toes. Why am I making this seemingly ridiculous pronouncement? Because it's been a long time since I could. Specifically, my right big toe. See, I have a bone spur at the base of that right toe. that is so big, my podiatrist said it looks like a party hat. And it has caused anything but a party in my foot. It has caused a lot of inflammation and stiffness, and there are times when it's been barely functional. I work through it, I have taken some anti-inflammatory supplements over the years that have made it mostly livable. Now, thanks to our new show sponsor, Prevenix, it's way more than livable, it's functional. It doesn't wake me up throbbing at night and I can actually wiggle the toe and lift it off the ground. My left hand that used to ache from where I broke it in a mountain bike crash 10 years ago, that doesn't ache anymore either. If I hadn't experienced this myself, I frankly wouldn't have believed it. And I was super skeptical when Prevenex approached me with their joint health product. But I stopped my other supplements, started this one, and within two weeks, the difference was remarkable. I honestly did not expect that. So I did a little research, and the main ingredients, check out. First one is eggshell membrane, which contains collagen, glucosamine, conjoitin, and hyaluronic acid all of which have shown significant benefits in early research. And the other ingredient, Boswellia serrata extract, was found to even be more effective than glucosamine in some studies, according to examine.com. Prevenix has an array of other supplements, including Omega Pure Plus, which is an omega-3 fatty acid supplement, which is sourced from wild omega-rich fish and is totally free of heavy metals and mercury that can build up in your body. That's a big deal. They also have a vegan protein powder, which I know a lot of our listeners are keen to find. And that product, Neurofi Plus, is low in sugar, high in branched chain amino acids, and contains probiotics and digestive enzymes that are super easy on the belly, which I really appreciate. So thanks to their sponsorship of this show, listeners can get 15% off their first time purchase by using the code HITPLAY at checkout. Again, you can go to previnex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X, and use the code HITPLAY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. And if you don't like it, the company offers a 100% money back guarantee on all of their products within 30 days, no question asked. That's how much they stand by their products, and I can tell you, with good reason, they work check it out go to prevenex.com. use the code hit play at checkout for 15% off your first purchase so I want to talk definitely about your just getting started film little film that came out yeah through uh and Scuderia is that how you say it Scuderia Scuderia
1: okay I know
0: (laughs) I I look at that and I never know how to say it now I do Scuderia films um how did how did that film come about? I mean, basically, you know, you're it's just taking a closer look at, at your perception of cycling and aging and, and what aging means. And I'm, I'm curious, was did they approach you about that or did you, was that your idea? How did the whole thing even happen?
1: Well, so Kim Rogers, who's in in charge of our project at, um, at Pinarello, uh, she and I did a lot of talking about things that I cared about and what I was doing and, you know, where am I, where's my head right now? And basically what I am. I'm doing the stuff with kids, which is, you know, been really great with USA cycling, trying to get kids on bikes. But the other piece of it is like, as a woman who turned 50 this year, I'm going through a lot of changes and trying to, um, you know, trying to not come to terms with getting older because I don't, I'm not upset about getting older, but I it, I've realized that there's just not that much. Information and your show is one of the places where you can. And Stacy Sims too, both of them or both of you are both looking at the same thing that I'm really interested into. Is you know that not that it's a mindset getting older, but if you look at things in a certain way, you can keep yourself younger by by staying curious and staying engaged. And that's like. Um, something that's really important to me. And it's also one of the reasons why I'm trying things that I would have never tried before. And it's it's a part of, you know, I think I used to be afraid of failing so much. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm 50. I've made it this
0: far. I and love been- <laughs> that. I don't know how many times I've said that. I, you know what? I'm 50.
1: <laughs> I'm 50 and I've been through a lot. <laughs> and I've been successful at things. So what am I like? Why am I like, Why am I worried about failing? Like, come talk to me when you've done as much as I have or whatever. Like, you know, it's like, why should I feel bad about trying something? And, and it's not that other people are even thinking that about me. It's that that's how I think about myself. And so I'm trying to shift that perception of who am I and why am I feeling insecure about myself as a woman who's at this point in my life and, achieved things that I set out to do when I was younger. I should let go of those things and just go for it. And if people think I'm crazy, they can think I'm crazy. If people think that, Oh, why is she doing like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, pretty much. Yeah. Let's. (sighs) And I feel like women, we need to support each other in these efforts, you know? Um, and that's, that's a big part of why I say that, you know, just getting started because I feel like I'm every day is a chance to restart somewhat, you know? And I mean, of course I want to have goals and work on things, but a part of it is keeping it fresh and like keeping myself feeling young and excited about life and realizing that turning 50 isn't the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of like my life as someone who's confident and able to go out there and accomplish things in a new way, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love everything about that. And it it I know it's hitting the audience. It hits it hits every nerve <laughs> in me. I mean it hits every single button and every single thing that I have wrangled with and 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 done many mental gymnastics with in my own mind over it's, it's just I completely understand. And and one of the one of the lines I really really loved um, in the movie, the film—it's <laughs> not like a teacher <laughs> film, but you know what I mean. Um, it says, "I feel like I'm at this point where I can now just enjoy being me." You know, and I like—it's like that is yes, and and you're hitting on that a lot. But I, I'd like to dig into that a little more. Like, was there a, you know, what what did you mean when you said that?
1: I think. I think what I meant was definitely not worrying about failing and because I think a lot of my life I was spent uh being afraid and, and not afraid and like oh I'm scared kind of thing but I think part of what drove me to being successful was a fear of failure and and that's it's it's okay and that was a that was a mechanism that helped me achieve some big things like worrying all the time. And, um, and, but it also held me back in other, I mean, it helped me to focus on one thing on being the best cyclist I could be, but it let me down in other ways, you know, of trying new things, of um, being afraid that I was going to look stupid doing something, or how are, what are people going to think about me if I try this or those kinds of insecurities. And so now I feel like I'm at this point where I just want to, if I think something seems interesting, I'm not going to let what I think other people are, their perception of me about it is I'm going to do it for the own, my own joy of trying something new or something that I don't know if I can do. Like, I didn't know if I'd be able to, you know, do the downhill bike and. Yeah. You feel kind of stupid, like when you show up and you've got like pads on and all this like I didn't even know how to put on all my clothes, you know? And I was just like, you know, okay. And you show up and you're like, okay, well, here I am. And I'm going to get in line with all these kids who look like they know, you know, like they're cool and they can they they're in their little groups and they can do it and stuff. And and here I am, like, with my instructor and in my little, like, outfit. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, trying to get the lift up. And it's just, like, trying to get my bike and the thing. And it's and the like,
0: Whistler kids are really cool.
1: They're cool. And I'm like, oh, God, you know. So I just tried not to worry about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm twice as old as them. <laughs> and I'm out here giving it a try. So, you know. And once I, once you get past that, you can let yourself and you can let yourself have fun and enjoy things because you just say, I, it doesn't matter. Like who cares what a 20 year old thinks about me? Like I, I shouldn't care. And, and then once you realize that and you realize that I'm out here and I'm doing that, this, and this is the best thing ever for me, all of a sudden the day is like the best day ever. Every single day I was here, I was like, God, that was the best day ever. I'm like, you know, and it's so funny because you just allow yourself to, you know, experience something new. And had I not tried it, I would have never known. And I'm hoping that it happens with other things. Like, I would love to learn how to ski, which is something else I never did. So, I, you know, I mean, there are all these things that I want to try and I've just for whatever reason been too nervous to in the past or made the commitment to say I'm going for it. Um, but I'm just getting started.
0: <laughs> That's so, I like all of that just made me so happy to hear all of it. I could just. But you are a little, probably a little sore today. I mean, oh is the recovery,
1: I am <laughs> the really recovery piece is
0: a little different,
1: right? Oh my God. Well, recovery, it takes a long time. In fact, I thought, you know, maybe I needed a, I should have taken a day in between, you know, to recover a little bit and start again. But you know um, yeah, recovery as you get older, takes a lot longer. And, and that's something else that I think that now I'm paying a lot more attention to. I think when I was racing, I did it naturally because there was nothing else to do really because we didn't have cell phones or like you know, anything else to do back then. But, um, but now, you know, with work and everything else, I, I definitely focus on my sleep. Um, I I need a good night's sleep. Is your sleep
0: um, still good? Do you have any disruptions to sleep, sleep?
1: My sleep is actually pretty good. I mean, I definitely at certain points of the month have I get hotter now, definitely. Um, but I but I don't have anything like night sweats or anything right. like that. I have just I'm just warm. Like I just need to throw all my covers <laughs> right. on. And it's interesting because I use the Aura Ring, so I I monitor my temperature and stuff and i can uh,
0: i have no, one too. we need yeah. to hang
1: out celine <laughs> <laughs> um, like Let's i do some I, downhill
0: sessions <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so i monitor it all and i like watching the trends and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting you know um it's, it's so amazing that you can track all this so easily now, but definitely I'm obsessed with my sleep scores. I like to make sure I get, you know, eight hours or try to get eight hours a night. Um, and I think that's really important to recovery and staying, you know, mentally kind of with it too. Um, do you do anything else for
0: recovery? Do you do any mobility work or any others? Oh, I mean, I have like
1: Normatex and I'll, I'll stretch a bit, but I'm not, I don't do you know much else really i it, my recovery is pretty basic sleep is the most important thing for me i mean after i do a hard workout i'll have a recovery drink but i i'm not doing a ton i i probably do more um well especially after yesterday i was thinking, god i need a massage to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um like yeah so i'm i'm really i'm into the recovery
0: I just got a Hypervolt. Have you tried one of those?
1: Oh, those are amazing. In fact, they are awesome. amazing. Yeah, amazing. They're amazing.
0: I I heard people and I like it just went literally went in one ear and out the other. Like people I work with, they'd be like, "Oh, this thing." And I'm like, "Is it really all that?" And I just didn't believe it. And then I got one selfishly sort of from my husband for our anniversary <laughs> and it's like a, we'll share this and I'm blown away.
1: Yeah. So. It's really amazing how uh, how deep that goes. You and
0: know. how quickly it, you feel better. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. take much for your legs to be like, oh, okay. That's yeah. much better.
1: <laughs> yeah. You yeah, get one of those for sure. Maybe, maybe that'll be a Christmas present for myself.
0: <laughs> well, because yeah, because I mean, there's always, you know, there's foam rolling and that's great, but it is a mission, right? To get well, on the it floor. and
1: No, um, I would use the ice way before I would I use it the, all I'm, the time. Like, yeah.
0: I just sit there that's and it. it's, it's just like, this is, this is amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, they don't sponsor the show or anything. Maybe they'll call them up. <laughs> but I just got one. And I'm thinking with recovery, that's just, it, it is really, it does really work. Yeah. So that's all, that's all, that's all amazing. So what, um, this, is this, where does this go now for you? Like, I mean, you're working with the kids and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, what is yeah. your future looking like?
1: well so I'm working with USA cycling getting kids on bikes uh, my, the program's called let's ride um, and it's been a lot of fun uh, fun being a part of that because I, up until then I had been working with uh, teams so I was directing a women's team 2020 now 2024 right, right. and then um, then I was kind of the development national team coach for USA cycling but when this position came up it was really just it kind of made me feel good about wanting to, to be with kids and change things up from the routine of racing that I had have done forever. So it's a nice new challenge and a feel good thing to get kids from all over the place on bikes. So it's been good. And then I'm going to be, and then with the Pinarello and stuff, I've been doing the gravel and so I'll be doing more.
0: What do you What I do you have that. on? What What have you done so far, and what's on What's on well, deck?
1: Well, so I did Unbound the hundred mile, and then I did uh, Last Best Ride, and oh, right. um, I'm going to do this one in Ojai, which is where I grew up, Ojai, California. Um, called the Mob. What is it, Mob?
0: I've heard it. I've heard oh, of that one. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do
1: that in November, and then, um, basically, I would like to start doing some um, some camps and coaching and clinics for women too. So kind of along the same vein of what we're talking about, trying new things um, and not have it based so much on, you know, training for a specific event, but more like working on the mindset to live a full life right now, you know, and kind of getting together with other women and doing some adventurous things. Yeah. Which is (laughs) travel mountain, Yeah.
0: So, yeah, there are a lot of women coming into gravel. It's really exciting to see.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying, I think that there's um, a lot of little things that you can learn to make it more fun. And, uh, and also I want to be able to do it in a way that we're combining the wellness piece with it too. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, so we're, we're focusing on tips about how to, how to um, be healthy through this period of our lives, you know, so kind of working on like, basically like what we're talking about, <laughs> you know, good recovery and eating for your health and all those uh, bringing in experts, like it would be amazing to do something with Stacy, but... <laughs> You know, so, I mean, I just think there are a lot of women out there who are craving this kind of information. And if we can bring it together in a way that there's a one place where they can find it, that would be a great way to have have a camp and have it be based around that philosophy.
0: Right. No, that's a great idea. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. So we'll be putting more information out about that soon. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Well, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you think our audience would uh, benefit from hearing?
1: Um, I think the main thing for me is just you know, as we're going through this, the more we can support each other and share our uh, experiences, the better. And the more we are not afraid to talk about the things that are going on in our lives the better off we're gonna be because I think a lot of times we are nervous to talk about things and that are very natural and that if we could find that common support for each other we'll normalize it and it's not gonna be this big mystery anymore or something that we're not supposed to talk about. And I mean, that's why I love the show and I just think that, you know, the more we can do these kinds of things, the better. And we're all going to be better off for it, especially since we're living longer. And ideally, we're going to live healthier and longer. <laughs> like quality of life will just keep improving.
0: And it's funny. I mean, still, you know, like we talked about or before we officially started the show. I mean, I am still I, I walk a little bit on eggshells with people I don't know well. You know, I mean, you had agreed to be on the show and I was pretty sure you knew what the show was about. But like, I I didn't want to presume like, I'm going to start asking you like, how are your periods and do you have hot, you know, I don't want to like, because not, because people are still like, not necessarily, it's been so hush hush for so long. Like, it's really wonderful that the women that I have on the show are so open like yourself and like Rebecca Rush and like Magda Belay. Like when you have those women, like just openly talking about, having hot flashes while they're running the Leadville 100. I mean, like, that is (laughs) rad,
1: right? That's pretty pretty rad, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I love what you're doing, and I really am thankful that you asked me to be on your show. It's it's awesome.
0: Okay, that's our show. Join me next week for an episode on bone health, with doctors Marcy Goolsby and Alana Sirota, who provide practical and clinical advice for keeping your skeleton strong. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.